This is a Rooster Teeth production. everyone and welcome to another episode of annual pass this is the podcast where we talk about all things theme park attractions snacks foods interviews and other fun stuff anything relating to theme parks we'll talk about it here on annual pass i am your host jack patillo and of course joining me as always is my beautiful lovely and talented co-host jeff ramsey hi jeffrey hi jack how are you doing today i'm doing very well how are you i'm quite well we we are we're doing holiday stuff right now so we're pre-recording this intro outro we've already shot the interview today we have a really really fantastic guest on today we have kevin perger from defunctland oh wow who yeah. uh yeah we, we this is this, we're recording this uh after we've done the interview because he had a you know he was you know he's yeah, a busy it's, man it's up here behind the veil that's how it works with movie yeah. magic and uh you are in for a treat we have a really really fantastic interview with kevin today very a little bit more deep than we we typically do with annual pass i usually kind of scratch the surface of stuff and we really get into what he is into with with documentaries and theme parks and it's it's fascinating i'm excited for you to hear this interview i think i don't i have no idea how long this interview is i think it probably ran long like yeah. an hour hour and a half but it could have easily gone twice or oh yeah three times as oh long. yeah I, we he absolutely gotta get him back on incredibly interesting easy to talk to and very uh accommodating i'll yeah. say he was he, tons of he's very good at sharing uh and i, I really appreciated his super insights. super smart yeah. guy to give you some context uh we are so this is coming out in january you'll be you're watching this this is out in january we recorded this sometime in early december it was just after it was 10 days after uh he released his new fast pass slash line documentary which you didn't stop talking about have you watched for it those yet? 10 days uh well i don't know okay you, you need to well by, by, the, by the time this episode comes out you should have watched yeah. it uh it's fascinating you should check it out his Defunct Land series over on YouTube, youtube.com slash defunctland is great. And uh, he's, he's a gentleman that he reached out to me about a charity event he was doing. I was like, oh, yeah, I'd love to do it. And, you know, if you want to come on annual pass, he's like, yeah, of course. And so uh, it worked out. And it was just one of those things where it was like, oh, I feel like I've known this guy for years already. Also, all of that aside, uh, Defunctland is just a really good name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is. And he, he, he does. He has a podcast. He's, he hasn't done a podcast in a while, but his podcasts are great. The whole YouTube channel, youtube.com slash defunctland. Again, go check it out. Uh, Kevin and all his work is great. Uh, before we get to it, don't forget to follow us over on annual pass, annual underscore pass on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, grab some grab some merchandise. Grab a shirt or, you know, like a pin, a poster, all of that fun stuff over at the store, store.roosterteeth.com. Uh, all of that supports our show. And the more of that stuff that gets picked up, the more it, it's easier for me to pitch more cool stuff for you guys to grab and, and send in photos of you wearing the merchandise. I love seeing that. I love seeing people wearing annual pass stuff in parks. That makes me so happy in any sort of things. And also go to roosterteeth.com and uh, reply in the comments and let us know what you think. But Jeff, I don't want to take up too much time because we this is a long interview. This is yeah. going to be a little bit of a longer episode. Um, it's so, worth it. Yeah, so absolutely. So without further ado, let's go talk to Kevin Perger, who runs Defunct Land, and uh, enjoy this. Kevin, welcome to Annual Pass. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So, uh, Kevin, so Jeff, I don't know if you know this, but Kevin recently released on Defunctland <laughs> an awesome, awesome behind the scenes, not behind the scenes, a documentary about Fast Pass and about wait times. And it sounds like if I was like, hey, a documentary about standing in line, you'd be like, okay. But it's, I, <laughs> it's about 90 minutes long and it's got over 2 million views on YouTube now in like a week and a half. It's, it's incredible. I appreciate that. I, I know that you're saying this part for camera, Jack. Yeah. But the uh, the I don't know if you know this. I know it because you've mentioned <laughs> Kevin's documentary to me at length every time you've seen me for the past week. Oh man, this it, is the, at least the twelfth time I've heard you talk fa- about it's it. I, 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 I wish you. I wish YouTube would count the views of the people that kind of explain <laughs> the video to other people. Like you got two point one million views on the video, but then you got another point three of people like at Thanksgiving explaining it to their family. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So so Kevin, can you can you talk a little bit about your video and sort of like the 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 you know where it came from and like has this something that you've been thinking about doing for a while and now you're just like yeah why not let's put it together well defunct land does i don't know we probably mentioned in the intro and i just blacked out but we do we've been doing (laughs) uh disney documentaries uh theme park documentaries i mean on all sorts of theme parks universal we just did one on sea world so so doing documentaries um in the theme parks is uh is not only common it's actually all we do uh, we also have a spinoff show where we talk about children's television, so I guess that's not 100% accurate. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, De- De- Defunct Land is a theme park channel, if you have if you have not heard of it. I imagine a podcast about theme parks. I, I hope that 
they have some understanding. Um, a little bit, a little point. bit. Jack uh, references but, uh, you about seven times every episode. So, oh yeah. well, then, 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 there you go. That's that's. I haven't listened to that episode, and then everyone's going to go, oh, apparently. This, this guy doesn't listen to the episode, uh, but the because uh, you were mentioned last episode. Uh, but, but yeah, so so defunct. We've been doing this stuff for for a while, and uh, and we start. I started out um, doing really kind of uh, you know YouTubey videos because it was a fascination. I'd been doing documentary work uh, for four or five years before defunct land. But when I started on doing Defunct Land in 2017, it was very much like YouTube videos. And then and it was funny, and people missed them, and they say, your old videos were better, and that's, you know, the classic. Yeah. Whatever. The, uh, the, we, we move on, and we kind of develop more of a style. I develop more of a style. I expand uh, the team uh, to include, uh, you know, some people that re- really have made our production better, namely uh, Nate Beagle, who, uh, who does my audio and makes me sound very good. Uh, I, and uh, and he's also I, I brag about him because he's currently touring with Mystery Science Theater uh, nice. as Crow. So yeah, so we we have a team of cool people, and then we started doing more ambitious things, and then we did. Uh, I mean, so like this recent season of Defunct Land is all connected, and it's like one long like winding. It starts in 1851 and goes up to present day, and we're currently stopped in like 82 because I got distracted with Fast Pass. Um, and then, and then we also released this big, uh, feature length documentary that Jack has never even heard of because I asked him like two days ago and he was like, what is that? Um, but it was on, it's on Halix, which is a, a a band that played at Disneyland for three months and it was a star Wars kiss knockoff. And it's our, it's a big talking head style documentary. When you hear documentary, it's what you would expect, uh, to be like interviews. And so, yeah, so that all that's to say is, is we, is I kind of, I'm trying to push myself to keep doing weird things. I don't want to be too uh, in the box necessarily or, or fall into a format. And I think uh, to the audience, both who like the videos and don't like the videos, uh, can tell um, that it's not in a format because recently I released a 90-minute documentary or a 102-minute documentary on waiting <laughs> in line, and yes. uh, which I thought was had to be that. You know, uh, it, it's just so funny. Because it's so long. Yeah. (laughs) And it's about waiting in line. And that's just, I mean, that's just hilarious to me. But that's not why we made it that long. I made it that long because it's the longest story I've ever told through narration. Um, And in general, I mean, I've done, I think, two or three feature documentaries in my lifetime, one of which you could watch on the channel, which is the Halix documentary. And I would consider this a feature documentary slash essay because it does have more of a voice. I use like first person, third person, second person where I'm like, here, I I did this, you did that versus how I usually do it, which that doesn't happen. And I'm just yeah. telling you straight facts. But, you know, it's it's not just a, you know, a history of FastPass. Uh, do people know what FastPass is? I would think so. <laughs> Jeff, have, you, you know what FastPass is? Yeah, right? I feel like we've covered it pretty. Okay, I think so. okay, good. Yeah, I, 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 I would hope I, at this point make, people do. Uh, I hope so. Well, if you don't, I have a great video for you. Um, <laughs> the uh, it's essentially not just a history of FastPass. It is a history of FastPass. It is that, but it is also basically a a, a dissection of of industrial engineering, of queuing theory, of parks, ops, and management. Because all the things that I mentioned up to this point have all been creative stuff. And what the channel Defunct Land really dives into is the relationship between the creative people and the business people, um, the Imagineers or the Cinemagicians, as Universal called them for one year, um, <laughs> is the versus them versus executives. And that kind of we have to make a profit versus we have to make something amazing battle that happens, which is, is at the core of every story that I've told, except for this one, which is not creative people. It's really smart operations people yeah, um, yeah who are who are then again who are fighting less against uh executives in the beginning and more against just human nature <laughs> and so it's it's like a you know man versus nature man versus man man versus all the the story types it's like actually one of the few times where it's like we got to do a different type of story in the in the in the narrative format and that's why it fascinated me so much that's why the video blew up into such a big kind of long tail 
And it's why I was, I just was so interested because like I said, we've done so many things on this Imagineer had an idea and he wanted to do it like this. And the executive said that cost too much money and then they <laughs> built it anyways. And then it failed and then it's gone. And then here's what's in its place. And that story can be told, you know, every which way. And I've done it and it's awesome. And that story is awesome. And it's so cool. And it has everything you'd ever want. But this one was just different and it was yeah. so fun. Um, but anyways, I'm probably rambling too much. Oh, no. uh, but yeah, did, what was the question? <laughs> I, I'm a, I, at the time of recording this, I don't know when this releases. So when does this release? This will be uh, probably late December, maybe early January. So you you got some time. So okay. This will be okay. out for a while at this point. Well, I, I don't okay, know. Can I can I carbon date it or is that like a <laughs> absolutely please because yes? I just got done with this fast pass video. I started it in uh, not September, August, early August, maybe late July, and yeah. I worked on it for august september october and then up to the day it was released obviously as everybody does and then immediately started planning for a 24-hour charity stream <laughs> and 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 it has so if i sound a little woozy uh that's all right it's, uh, it's, i know it's, I, uh, I mean if i, if I we, sound a little out of it it's because i'm, I'm kind of doc browning like a lot of content right nice now. just don't stand on any but toilets you'll be okay no I, we, we sure. do a, we do a 24-hour charity stream every year we do extra life every year and that's that's well, yeah, my no, baby, I, I mean so. i know i know you do extra life so i'm like i mean if anybody's here to yeah i, I understand, understand your pain. My we, yeah. yeah we we operate in woozy fairly often as well it's right like, yeah yeah I just don't want to be rambling. I'm just like, uh, I sound like Harrison Ford. Like, oh, fast pass. I don't want to talk about damn fast pass. I have a question for you. You, <clears throat> I, I was actually I was going to ask about the timeline to creating it, but you covered that. So, uh, when you initially had this idea and you thought I want to explore and tell this story of Fast Pass, did you have any idea that it would ex- it would explode into something an hour and forty three minutes long? Did you did you have an inkling that the story was that large, or did it kind of no. reveal itself to you through research? No, and not only was it not supposed to be that large, I was convinced it was not. Okay, because it was. The only reason I did this, I don't think I've said this yet, is because I'm actually working on a more ambitious project right now. Oh, boy. And so, you know, and I've, I've kind of already half announced it, but like, you know, with, with the Funk Clan season three, you know, it's a 24 episode season. And halfway through, we just did episode 12 like a year ago, actually. Oh, gosh, it's been long. <laughs> Where's the time gone? <laughs> but we just did episode 12. So we're halfway through and we're doing this intermission episode where I don't talk. And it's, uh, it's about the development of Epcot Center. And it's done with music. And images and visuals, and it's going to be really weird and ethereal and avant-garde, and like it's going to be like uh, it'd be like if you like did LSD and invented Epcot, just like Epcot was. <laughs> uh, and uh, and I've never done LSD, so I, I kind of am freeballing it, but uh, rather than speedballing it. But the uh, but yeah, so that was what we've been working on for a year and a half, where we had to like, okay, we got to write music, we got to get the graphics, we got to shoot on film, we got to get animation, and then I was like, you know what? We're not going to get this thing out in October, which is what I wanted to do about it. And if we did, we'd rush it. And yeah. my rule is you don't rush things. You, you, you rush yourself, but you don't rush things out. You never, you never make a video less good because you have to get it out. Sometimes our videos are just bad, and then we just release them because it's like, well, that's a lost cause. But if, it, if there's time to make it better, we keep doing it. So I was like, you know what? Let's push that stupid, ambitious project out, and let's just do a quickie. And, and let's just do fast pass because it just went to funk and it's like a 19 minute video and people want to hear me <laughs> talk about it and who cares? Yeah. And, and, and my philosophy is, and I, and I've, I say this before and it's cheesy, but I, I believe it is that, you know, we sir, stories don't serve us. We serve the stories on, on, in documentaries yeah. and, and most all mainstream documentaries, it's the other way around. The we the stories are serving us. We are going to make a six part miniseries because that stories serve us, not the other way around. Um, but no, like we serve the stories, and this story was very hungry and demanded <laughs> to be to be its length. And and I and I think that's why it's interesting is people you know watch it and they they say like oh you know ninety minutes on fast pass like oh this is and and this is not to knock any specific YouTubers because I love long form content I really do. But there is this kind of new genre on YouTube of I'm going to do a super long video on something that doesn't need to be this long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because of the novelty of making it long. So and this is done especially with video essays on on like TV dissections, especially. Um, and I love those videos. So I'm not even knocking them. But that's the expectation people kind of have with that genre. Some people love them and other people are starting to be like, OK, you're doing this seven hour video on blues clues not because 
Blue's Clues demands a seven-hour video, but because you think it's, you know, for whatever reason, it's it's that's that's the thing. Mm-hmm. So that's what people went in saying, oh, you did a 90-minute video on standing in line because you thought it was funny, which is true, but that's not why I did <laughs> it. was because it demanded it. It was because, like, yeah. and I think yeah. people came out, hopefully, and I saw it over and over again, where they're like, I did not expect to watch that whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> so no, like, I mean, it, it's fascinating. Like, you, you did such a great job of, of telling a story that's gripping. Like, it pulls you in. It's like, okay. And th- then you catch yourself, like, oh my God, I want more of this. And, like, th- how rare is that to, like, watch a documentary and be like, I, I wish that was longer. I wish there, I want more Shape Land. Like, I wish there was, you know, it's, <laughs> it's awesome. And, like, you. it's great because, you know, you, you, don't, you don't think about documentaries as, like, having big reveals or twists or turns. And, like, not to spoil anything, Jeff. There's a, there's a couple big twists in this that are like just totally caught me off guard and I'm sure everyone else like I mean as a big theme park nerd this is in my wheelhouse but it it seemed I mean obviously this is taken off and you're getting you're getting you know coverage from all over the place now people being like wow like watch this video because it's fascinating and even if you're not a theme park person it's still a such a well done documentary that you know you're get, you're getting love from all over the place first off if you <clears throat> if you spoil any of it I'll never forgive you okay I'm not uh how has the response been uh, outside of what you would expect, I guess? Like, have you been approached by people in the industry who you wouldn't have thought or even uh, just in unexpected ways and places? Because I feel like uh, this is something so different to what you normally do and so unique. And it's obviously resonated uh, to to have two and a half million views in 10 days as, uh, you know, we're a company that's existed uh, with and through and on YouTube for almost 18, well, as long as YouTube's been around. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's, not, it's not an easy feat to accomplish, and it speaks, to, right. it speaks to the quality of the content that's created and also that it, you know, that it resonated with an audience. And I, I'm just curious if you've been surprised by like, who has reached out or the kind of people that have, uh, that have enjoyed it that you didn't expect. Yeah, well, I bought a lot of the views, so you have to keep. Oh, okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. But, uh, that makes sense. So, and so a lot of these, so uh, to, uh, a lot of this is no, Indonesia. I, yeah, 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 yeah. So if if you say hello from Indonesia, like that's the top comment, and I don't know why nobody's <laughs> asked, asked me about that yet. Uh, no, if there's actually any proof that I don't buy views, it's the fact that nobody would stop talking about this video on Twitter. So yeah. those are real people, which is great. But I'm also, <laughs> I almost got self conscious. I've never had this response to answer your question. Uh, and it's been so great because I've always felt that I deserve this response. Uh, as, <laughs> that that a, is the best answer I've a, ever heard, by the way. As an arrogant, egotistical documentary filmmaker that is on YouTube making videos about roller coasters, I've always felt that this is the, that the you know, like, because I'm, I'm a pretentious ex-film school kid. I didn't even graduate from film school, but I was in film school. Like I, and I, you know, I make documentaries. Um, and if I stop the sentence there, you're like, oh, you know who I am. But then yeah, if I explain yeah. that I make YouTube videos about roller coasters, you're like, oh, well, that's then maybe, maybe you're not. But, but, but no, I, I, I am so, you know, so, and you know, and this is a tangent. And I don't know how short this interview you expect. No, 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 go as long like, as you want. Like man. you know when you know when people say like, wow, the response to this has been humbling. I have hmm. experienced the exact opposite. My ego is so <laughs> high right now. <laughs> Like, I don't know why people say that. Like, oh, I just hit, you know, 2 million views. It's so humbling. Like, what what does that mean? Yeah. Because, like, <laughs> I feel amazing. And, and I've, you know. Anyway, I mean, you should, be uh, pro- you should be proud of your work. You I absolutely mean, should. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm just glad, you know, but, but in all seriousness and, uh, uh, you know, fake ego aside, like, uh, it, it is, it was amazing. And I, I really do mean that, like, I feel that every video has the potential for this. I'm not saying they all deserve it, but I pack every video with as much like meaning and intention. And that's filmmaking. You know, sometimes I don't think the audience catches on and you can blame that on me as a communicator. Sometimes we can blame it on YouTube as an algorithm. You can blame it on this or that. And other videos have had a similar response where it's been like, wow, like it's just, I think the good thing about this one was it's so in your face with the the work and, and others, the work is more under the hood. Because uh-huh. um, if I'm telling you a story about, you know, like the Imagineering, just as much research might have gone into it. Um, but it just seems like I'm telling you a story. And that's successful. You know, yeah. that's a good job. It shouldn't always look like I'm sweating and I'm tired and I'm sleepy. You know, that kind of video <laughs> essayist, you know, like that kind of devolution that a lot of video essays go in where at the end they're like, I've watched so much blues clues. I'm crazy now. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's like, yeah, we've seen it. We get it. Uh, it's great. I watch them, but you know, uh, and so, but this one is that because of not to spoil anything, the math yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and the, the, 
and also just because it was kind of a daunting idea. And so like the, 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 the response has just been so great because on top of the fact that I feel like, oh, I put this much effort into every video, which is kind of how I feel, this one did require more effort. So, you know, does that kind of make sense? Because it's like, you know, it's like people are like, wow, this is your magnum opus. And I'm like, I understand why you say that. Yeah. I hope I hope not. But it's also like I put this much effort into every video. This one was just because of the format. It was like more of like, you know, you could see the blood and the sweat and the tears on in on the screen versus everything else is under the hood. So I, I, you know, that's kind of where I'm at, where it's like, you know, when people people love it. And I, but other times, and then this is kind of the opposite of that coin. And this is just goes into less about theme parks. So I'm really sorry if this is not what you're looking for. Oh no, uh, but uh, but but it's like you know, I do a 20 minute video on. I did a handwich video, uh, where it was like <laughs> 20 minutes, and it, it was on Disney's Sandwich of the Future, and I put a ton of effort into that. But at the end of it, I looked at it and I was like. This is kind of just, this is not my favorite episode I've ever done. This is kind of like a gimmicky. I wanted to do a cooking show, like all those kind of things about it. And I was like, this is good. And I'm, I'm putting my stamp of approval. And then people were like, this is the best episode you've ever done. And it came like, <laughs> it came like less than a year after we released a 90 minute documentary where we had to travel around and interview people and spend a year editing it. And then like the one that I did in the middle of my move where I was in front of a green screen making a, a sandwich of the future, people were like, this is your magnum opus. <laughs> so that's the opposite side of the coin where I'm like, stop. No, <laughs> this one, this one did take less effort. It, it's it's interesting, kind of the meter of what people expect. Yeah, know? well, it's also one of those things like when you release something out to the wild, it's like it's no longer yours. It's yeah, like it the kind of takes on yeah, the audience. Death besides. of an author. Death, death of an author. And that's and that's and that's fine. And I subscribe to that mentality, you know, and that's where it's like any any failure. I mean, like, I'm never upset that people think it's a great video. It's just kind of funny when I make a video on making a, a cone shaped sandwich and they say like. <laughs> This is the height of your yeah. art. And I'm like, didn't I just release a 90-minute film? Yeah. On, I, on, on, but anyways. A new team, a new mission. All in the name of peace. Peacemaker is about exploring the origins of Peacemaker himself. You know, John Cena's character in James Gunn's 2021 film, The Suicide Squad. Peacemaker is a vainglorious guy who believes in peace at any cost, no matter how many people he has to kill to get it. The series also stars Danielle Brooks as Adebayo, Freddie Stroma as Vigilante, Jennifer Holland as Harcourt, Chuck Woody Iwuji as Mern, Steve Agee as Economos, and Robert Patrick as Augie Smith. Stream new episodes of Peacemaker on HBO Max starting January 13th, and listen to Podly, the Peacemaker podcast, on HBO Max, the HBO Max and DC YouTube channels, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And if you want to rock some sweet Peacemaker merch, head on over to shop.dccomics.com for the latest drops. In case you want to dive deeper into these characters and the world of Peacemaker, DC Universe Infinite's Peacemaker comics are free to read with registration. Make sure to catch Peacemaker on HBO Max and hbomax.com slash peacemaker and tune in to the official podcast, Podly. I, I will say it's refreshing to, to hear that take because uh, as a company, you know, that's almost 19 years old in this space, made our first video in 2003, we get asked these kinds of questions a lot. And very often I give the answer that uh, more more often than not, my favorite video I've ever made in the history of Rooster Teeth or the favorite piece of content I've ever made is generally the most recent thing I've made Mm -hmm. because we put the same kind of love and effort into everything that we do and we feel like we're iteratively improving as we go and there are it's not a hundred percent of the case uh that that I'm gonna feel that way but more often than not it is and when I give that answer people roll their eyes and they they think I'm uh blowing smoke but it's it's honestly true for us and and it's it's great to hear you say intimate something similar uh, because I think that's the way it should be. Yeah, I mean, every, well, I think, every, yeah, I think. Go ahead. Every, like everything you do, it should be. I mean, you should you'd be able to prove. I mean, that's the thing when people exactly, talk about that, like and that's what like, I was going to say. Yeah. That, the, when people are like, oh, like how do I get into filmmaking? Or like, what do I do? Like, I want to be an editor. I'm like, just start Why? editing stuff yeah. because your next project's going to be better than the one you're working yeah. on, and just make yeah. stuff, make stuff, make stuff, and that's how you get better. And and you know you see it every now and then, but it, like nothing drives me crazier than when someone's like, oh, here's my portfolio, and there's three things in it. And it's like, where's the rest? Like, well, that's all of it. And it's like. No, you should have 50 things of which maybe 30 aren't great, but it's like I can see progress and I can see improvement. And so, 
right. uh, and, and and with and with you know this and I, and I'll say and, and all that's to say is like the hand the sandwich video the handwich video and the and you know some of the other stuff we've done this was kind of, and 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 I agree I think every your recent stuff should be the your favorite thing because what are you doing if it's not yeah yeah um you know if you're working for somebody else maybe that's you know not the case but if you're if you're leading something creatively and the thing you're working on you're not that passionate about if you're not more passionate about than the last thing, I mean and that's I think that happens a lot with people that aren't really necessarily inside the creative process and it sounds Kind of ego. I mean, all this, if you're not inside the creative process, probably sounds like I'm an egomaniac, which I am, but I'm not <laughs> trying to come across as that. Uh, but like, you know, uh, uh, I don't think I'm good at video. I think I'm like really good at sports, but I'm not um, like, uh, you know, my ego's just misplaced. So the, the point being is like, yeah, so like your most recent thing should be your favorite thing. This one, though, I will say, because I wrote the music, I did the animation, I did the narration, I did this, that and everything else. And this was such like a kind of like a tornado of everything that I've learned as an artist. You know, I've used every program that I understand how to use, you know, like seven different editing programs. I mean, like, I'm not editing, but like, you know, like Logic and, and, and Final Cut and, and Audition and, and every like suite of things that I've ever touched. And it, it did come together in this way where after I watch it now and I'm like, wow, I, I mean, I, I go on the video and I skip to my favorite parts and I watch them because they hit for me. Um, and that's partly because of the sleep paralysis, um, <laughs> but also because I'm just super proud of it more than other videos because I, I release other videos. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. Or there's moments that I like, but this one was long and I sat with it for so long. And there were times where, you know, you know, the revenue dip that happens, uh, yeah. when, when you don't release a video for three months and I'm having anxiety and I can't, I literally couldn't sleep at night. And, and I was like, okay, well, I got to get a video out. You know, I got people need, I, I have people to take care of. I have to take care of people. I have a place to live that I need to continue to live in. And, and I just need to get this stupid fast pass video out. <laughs> and there's no way you can put it in perspective because it sounds so silly, but it's also my livelihood. And it's, and it's this weird kind of mix and I love it. And I'm not complaining because it's, it is the thing that I, like if I traveled back in time and told my five-year-old self what i was doing he would think i'm the coolest person in the world yeah you mean yeah. you because that's the two things that he loved was he loved making movies and he always wanted to make movies and he loved theme parks i wanted a show as a kid where i would travel the country and review playgrounds find the coolest, <laughs> that, that was honestly like uh, for like a year you know how you change as a kid but for a year yeah, that yeah. was my go-to answer i was like i want to i want to that's what i wanted to do i wanted to have a show where I went around and reviewed like which slides were the best and which monkey bars <laughs> were the coolest. And that's not that far off from what I do yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that is so great. So this is all to say like uh I'm not complaining at all and and I just am so happy with the response because and and that was all actually just kind of like me trying to like uh set it up but like in other videos, when people say this is your magnum opus, or when people, you know, because that's just a common phrase people throw around. It's not like yeah. I'm Picasso, Picasso or anything. Um, but it's like this one, when people complimented it, it meant so much more because yeah. it literally it touched on everything I am as an artist. It, it took three months. I mean, three months is a long time in YouTube to be working on one yeah. specific thing. Um, and just, just the absolute tumultuous process that I had to go through and I can get into it. I don't know where you want this to go. Uh, the tumultuous process that I had to go through to get it out because it, I don't know, it was like a 15,000 word script. We probably cut 3000 words. It was, wow. we, I restructured it 20,000 times. It was, it was an entirely different format. Uh, 90% of the jokes that are in, like 90%. I write, uh, if I write a hundred percent of the jokes, 20% of them make it into the cut. Mm -hmm. And the best thing, like best compliments I get are like the ones that are super specific, like all the jokes are supernatural. I'm like, that's great because I cut eight out of ten of them you know, because, <laughs> because they weren't natural. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and it's just and things that go into my style and my philosophy. And it's different for everybody. But it's really affirming to have this response. And on your question, which I haven't answered, but it's been 15 minutes, so I should. <laughs> uh, yes, I have gotten some interesting responses from people. What's been really great to hear, and, and I always try to do whatever I'm doing justice, the uh, kind of my rule of thumb, because I, I am critical, because as a documentarian, it's impossible to be completely biased. And if you're me, then the, you're not even close. Um, completely unbiased. Like, I'm, I'm obviously biased. I love theme parks. You know, it's, it, you know, there's never, I'm never going to be a video like, 
Disney. Why would somebody go? You know, like I'm not, I'm not Discovery Channel. <laughs> yeah, like, I yeah, would yeah. never be like. It's like, do you really want to go be sweaty? Like, obviously, we've reached a, like everybody has a little bias, but I have a, a stamp of bias in that I love these environments. But you know, my kind of rule of thumb is like, you know, anybody that makes over a billion dollar, over like ten million dollars, they're fair game as far as making fun of them. Mm-hmm. Um, because they could cry to their bed of Scrooge McDuck bath money or whatever the <laughs> hell they're doing. Like, you know, like th- that is my rule. And I, and I know that's a very like, you know, uh, like class based thing to do, but that is my like philosophy. I'm like, okay, like I, I'm, I send some jabs at Michael Eisner. He just bought like a soccer team because he felt like it. Uh, <laughs> he he also might buy the Phoenix Suns basketball really? team. NBA he team can, yeah, now. see, yeah. he's fine. If I say, oh, you, you did a bad job for seven years. And you were great for the first five or whatever. Like, who cares? Yeah. Um, or if I make fun of Bob Iger, Bob Chapek, or, or whoever. But what I really am, am really, like, passionate about is the unsung hero, the underdog, and and like everybody is. And I think that's why, I mean, and, and not only am I passionate about it, just in, like, from, in terms of I'm, a doc, I'm making documentaries or video essays, whatever you want to call them. They're documentaries. But, like, uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> don't call them video essays. Uh, this recent one's the most video essay thing I've ever done, but like trying to trying to like represent people is important because they are real and they exist. And I can't just put up a photo of some like some steel worker that built Big Thunder Mountain and be like, look at this guy's ugly face. What is with this guy? <laughs> like, and he because he, his kids are gonna watch it. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and that's and so and and like and if Michael Eisner's kids watch it, then they can like call their butler in or whatever. Uh, <laughs> like, sorry, Breck, if you're listening. Um, but like at the end of the day, I want to represent those people, the steel workers, the, the Imagineers even. The, I mean everybody that like is unsung. And what was great about this video is I got to shine a light on an industry that I don't think I've even heard about before. And like obviously I knew it existed, but like I've heard about talked about in media, which is industrial engineering, which is this entire subsection of in engineering, which does not have anything to do with mechanical or electrical or anything structural, it is the uh, psychology and the engineering of people. And that's what makes this video so fascinating, I think, and so accessible because you've stood in line. That's exactly it. Like everyone, like I, I think the reason why, or for me, the reason why this hits a lot harder is because this is, you know, everyone's done this. Everyone's been to a theme park. Everyone's waited in line. And like, you know, yeah. you see the fast pass lines like, oh, they're getting ahead of me. And it's like, is I wonder if that's actually affecting us. And you're answering those questions. And like, that's such a cool thing because it is modern history. And you're diving into it with easy, easy, you know, relatable facts and, and ideas. And I think that's that's why it hit so hard for, for me again. It's just like, oh, yeah, I've been there. Like, is that guy getting into more rides than I am? Like, yeah, maybe he is. And, and you've kind of yeah. proved that using using math and, and knowledge and interviews. And to answer the question that was asked 30 minutes ago now, I think, <laughs> uh, I really like that I had a lot of industrial engineers reach out and say, wow, I feel so vindicated. I feel so seen. And like of all the the, the, the groups of people to, to have representation. I'm sure they're like number 75 on the 75,000 on the list, <laughs> but Hey, that's still cool. Like, you know, I'm like the nerds, the, the people like doing, you know, Q theory, they don't always get a blockbuster. Yeah. And so, so it's cool. Now they got one, I think. So, so like, uh, and that, that's what's, that's what I really like is when, and I've had some people from Disney and, and cast members, and that's really great too, of being like, and I've had some people that work in ops and be like, thank you, because these people deal with the worst people. And so to have a video <laughs> about that is, 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 is really fun. And, and that's kind of where, like, you know, like industry people, like as far as the film industry, I'll always love when people like that make things that I like say good things about me um, yeah. <laughs> and that's 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 a, that's a good thing for anybody I know that's uh, like oh i love this person's comedy or i love their films and they just said they like my stuff and oh wow it's full circle i can die now and it's fine <laughs> um but like if i was really really thinking about it as much as that's great for you know the artist ego and just and just as not even ego just like as a oh wow that's really special to me that somebody like that it's even more special to be like i told a story about someone about a group of people, and I did a good job. I'm not saying it's perfect, but I did a good job, and these people from this group, industrial engineers or cast members or operations, this group that is not always seen, they're always working, that is all, that's the best compliment, that's the best feedback of being like, wow, you really did a good job of representing my difficult position in this mess of, of whatever well. 
And that that's cool. And that's what I really like. If I was really thinking about it, I'm like, okay, that that's what I want to do as as an artist or even as a YouTuber, whatever you want to call me. As like I want to be able to represent those people and I want those people to be able to watch it and say, you did a good job. Again, probably not perfect, but I tried really hard. And so I'm glad that I'm glad that that paid off in that way. I mean, yeah, it, to me, you did, you did a fantastic job, and you should be proud of yourself and the work you've made. It, it's it's absolutely incredible. And Jeff, I, I implore you to watch this documentary. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm very excited to, if for only to to see what all the industrial engineers are talking about behind the scenes. <laughs> this is. On on the surface, maybe not the sexiest topic, but I have yeah. a feeling it's uh, it's quite. Oh, it's sexy. <laughs> I, 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 and I said that. I said I was like, I'm going to make this so sexy. And, and I, I literally did. And I, it's funny you said sexy. I'm not even just saying this to be funny. Um, none of this was to be funny. So I don't know why everybody's laughing. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I just I don't understand humor. Uh, but the, the sex, the, I was like, I'm going to make a line sexy, and that's why it starts with kind of like a sultry like. How much do you know about lines? And then balls, <laughs> balls, 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 and then yeah. Doo -doo -doo. I mean, if you haven't seen it, this sounds. I sound like a. Yeah. I am. I'm at the end end of my road. Did you want to talk about Fast Pass or like theme parks or anything? I mean, yeah, sure. We can talk about theme. <laughs> like, yeah, why not? Was, no. Did you Did you have any more questions on on that? No, I mean, so I mean, obviously, uh, you know, you you were into theme parks. I imagine as a kid, right? And so, I mean. Wait, at what point did you be like, or did did you think to yourself like, I, this is something I can make a career out of? Like, this is something where I could focus exclusively on theme parks. Because even for like annual pass, we've only been around for six months now, and it's something that like I is sort of a passion project for me, and and it's been nice to watch it grow. And you know, taking but taking that leap is is got to be tough. And for like, how did you make that jump? The jump from. I mean, like to, to make this into, into your career. Parks? I mean, yeah. like, how, how did you turn uh, theme parks uh, into was... a career, or at least you know, making documentaries about theme parks into a career? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> it was like most, like any YouTuber you will ever hear that is successful that I've heard, they did not go into it to make money. Uh -huh. um, and uh, that's that's the story I've heard over and over again. Is they did it because they loved it and they had a passion for it. And then the money came as a result, and then they decided to make it, you know, a half-time job or a full-time job, and then they ended up resenting it, and then they quit. And I'm halfway <laughs> through that journey. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, but that, but it was. It was like, I love theme parks. I've always been, you know, because I grew up in Kansas City, and mm -hmm. we have Worlds of Fun. Um, and Worlds of Fun is, is my home park, and it's uh, not the best theme park. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, it's not, it's, it's an amusement park. Um, and so I got to go to Disney, I think five times as a kid, three times to Disneyland and then twice to Walt Disney world. And the Walt Disney world trips was like the biggest thing to ever happen in my, I have family in California, but the, the, or the Florida trips that were like the biggest thing in my childhood. Like if there was a peak of, of like the height of my excitement as a kid, there were two peaks. And that was going to Walt Disney World twice wow. throughout my throughout my childhood, and uh, and and some and I think a lot of people expect me to be a Florida local, or they expect me to be an Anaheim local, or they expect me to have gone every year like we were a, a trip a year people. And it's like nope, we were Middle America. We went twice, and that and we're very fortunate. That's not, not everybody can go twice. Not everybody can go once. So I understand that I'm still I'm not complaining by any means, but I was not as exposed to it in that era. But yeah, so I went twice as a kid, and it was. It was the best times, but then I would go back and I would have to rely on media, early internet eventually, right? Uh, they they had forums to the late 90s that started to come out, but before that, it was a lot of books, it was a lot of um, newspapers, mm -hmm. it was a lot of, you know, anything I could get my hands on, like, you know, Time Magazine might do a feature and I grab it and I, and I just was so obsessed with theme parks and the idea of theme parks, despite not having as much exposure to it. Or they, they had these vacation planning VHSs. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and so, and so I, that's how I experienced it. And in a way, I think – and then I became a documentarian and then I found my way back to that. But in, in, a, in a way, it was like my, the media I create is like the next step in that where it's like a lot of people that, I, that watch the channel don't go to theme parks or haven't been in a while or don't even like them, which is interesting. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think the videos lend themselves well to that person too. But it was like, again, like talking to my younger self, and, and, and I, I never want to sound like I'm ever complaining or ungrateful. What I do is extremely difficult. It is extremely intensive. I'm exhausted. I should not have to work this hard doing this. 
um, to, in order to, but in order to do what we do, I do. And at the end of the day, a day making theme park videos is better than a day doing literally any job in my opinion. And I'm <laughs> so eternally grateful. Like even the, even the tw- like staying up for 23 hours to edit a fast pass video, I'm tired. I'm grumpy. I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted. Like I'm grateful because what a, what a great, what a great niche to be in. Um, and I'm just so happy. But yeah, so like, but I think that Defunct Land and, and kind of what I do is like the next step in that, like, it's kind of like, and the vloggers are spe- especially this now, but like, oh, you you can't go to the theme parks every day because you don't live here and you can't go there every year because maybe you can't afford it or maybe you go other places or maybe you can't go at all. But like, this is art and it's an industry, but it's a medium of art. And like, if you're not around it, you can't experience it unless you take it through a second medium of art. If, does okay. that make sense? Yeah, because yeah, absolutely. Theme, theme, theme parks are the final medium of art. Film, uh, and I've said this a thousand times, so if, if somebody came for me and knows who I am, I'm sorry. This is all we do. <laughs> uh, but, like, you know, like, if film is the, fi- is the final medium of art because it combines sculptures, art, uh, illustrations, video, sound, blah, 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 music. You know, that's the final, final medium of art. Yeah. The final frontier of art. It's not, though, right? Because... Theme parks are the final uh, immersive media that actually takes filmmaking and adds real life environments, live lighting. It, it's it's the mix between Broadway and film, and it and in that it creates the final medium of now you're actually here experiencing every medium of art at once. And if you can't go that often, you can only hear about it secondhand. And so being able to be one of the channels, both literally and like in uh, the medium sense, to take this art form and kind of project it to people that can't always get there, like I was as a kid, is extremely satisfying. Yeah, yeah, that, I'm that very makes long-winded. Sense. Am I going to get in trouble? <laughs> no, no. <this> is <laughs> Am I going to get tweets? No, I just I mean, realized that, that, how long-winded I am. I'm sorry. No, it, it's beautiful. I mean, that's the, the same sort of it, – it's it's sharing passion. I mean, like you are sharing your passion for theme parks across your content, which is exactly what I like to think we're doing here on Annual Pass. It's like sure. I am passionate. I love this. Like it, it holds a special place in my heart. And if I can share that little piece of myself with an audience, like I hope that that energy and that love comes across. And obviously I, it feels that you're very similar in that fact. Like you wouldn't be making these videos about theme parks if you didn't absolutely love theme parks. And want to spread that love. Yeah, you're definitely talking to kindred spirits. I mean, the the entire company that we work for was created out of a love for one video game yeah. and wanting to celebrate that video game <laughs> Halo. And then and that and that's essentially what we have done is created a network of properties that just allow us to explore our intense love and fandoms of things. Right? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. And I think also I should point out, like more than just believing in them as an art art form, and more than just believing in them as a fan. Or somebody that uh, you know, I I I, get, I I'm a hyperfixer, hyperfixator. Like I learned juggling, just because I got really into juggling. So if we ever meet in person, I'll probably be juggling. If, if okay. you meet me in the next three months, and then it'll be it was card tricks before that. Like I get hyperfixated on things, which should come as no surprise to anyone if you know me or don't know me, and you heard that I made a 90 minute video on Fast Pass. Um, but uh, but you know, it's it's I believe in them more than just a hyperfixator, a fan, or even as a as an art form, I believe in this as uh, more tied into who we are as people, specifically who we are as Americans, and who we are as as a culture, uh, and and how tied it is to history. And if you've if if you've seen Defunct Land, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, you you need. I would highly recommend watching it because <laughs> um, you know Fast Pass. The video culminates into a discussion that you probably don't see coming before clicking on the video, and hopefully you see set up throughout the video. Um, a, a question that is more than just a question of, uh, aren't theme parks sweaty, or aren't they hot, or aren't they? <laughs> don't, aren't there a lot of people? It's like, okay, well, what does this mean on a cultural perspective? What does this mean on a societal perspective? We did a video on Adventure Through Inner Space, which was an old ride at Disneyland. I don't know if you've seen that one. Uh, I, um, I probably have. I've gone through most of your catalog. Okay, uh, it was we released it at the beginning of this year, and that one was a a video about uh, this ride that taught you about atoms and molecules. But it was sponsored by Monsanto at the same time that Monsanto uh, was poisoning the forests of of Vietnam during the war because they were uh, the main the main manufacturer of Agent Orange as long, as along with Dow Chemical. But they were sponsoring a ride about chemicals at Disneyland. They had a song called "Miracles from Molecules" while they were using molecules. To, to cause irreparable harm that is still happening to this day. And that is kind of the thesis, is it's like, uh, you know, 
the the core of theme parks is about escapism. Yeah. And the irony of my show is that it's impossible. And any te- attempts to to really do true true escapism so far have done the opposite. They've influenced our culture. They've influenced who we are. If I say Main Street, everybody in this country knows what image comes into their mind, whether it's the literal Main Street or not. But that image, when I say Main Street, that image that comes into your mind, everybody on every corner of this country and even probably the world thinks of the same exact ideal. And that came not from a collective understanding of what a Main Street is, but it came from the fact that Disneyland was a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, two people shaped America, in my opinion, in a small town America, Norman Rockwell and Walt Disney. Two people shape what we think of when we think of the Wild West, if you want to call it that, the, the, the Old West. Buffalo Bill Cody and Walt Disney. Who met Buffalo Bill Cody? Two people huh. shaped the current view of the future that was created in the 50s. Werner Von Braun and Walt Disney. And Walt <laughs> Disney and Werner Von Braun were, like, friends. And also he was a Nazi. But the point is... Uh, <laughs> That like that's the point, right? It's it's that these theme parks, like you can you can engage with them on any level that you want, but if we're gonna do documentaries about them, it's come in, let's explore these topics to their fullest extent, and sometimes that means creating a ninety minute video on standing in lines. Sometimes <laughs> that means uh, doing a really weird Full Metal Jacket parody when I'm supposed to be talking about a Disneyland ride, you know. Sometimes, <laughs> and and that's what I'm so grateful that I get to do this, but I also want to keep pushing people to think about theme parks like this because. Yeah. It, you know, every other art form gets so much credit. I think music gets too much credit in its impact almost. Uh, it, it's very impactful, but like music and movies, and yes, we know they're, but like, do you not understand? Like, whether you go or not, everything that you think is, is framed by these immersive environments that were created. Probably less so universal. But, <laughs> and see, and, but SeaWorld, so, you know, and anyways, all that's to say is like, that's, that's my belief, that's, that's my pitch. Uh, as far as like, as not just for the channel, obviously, but for theme parks in general. And obviously, yeah. I don't know why I'm saying any of this, because if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already get the gist. So, uh, well, <laughs> so I mean, never it's, mind. It's definitely <laughs> one of those things that people, I'm sure, think about, but they don't realize the full like the gravitas behind it. It's like there's a lot to this, you know. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, I guess it did influence, you know, what what I think of modern retro future and and it's just fascinating to peel back the layers. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. It really is. More people probably came up with Retro Future than just Vernon Von Brown and Walt Disney. But True. Buffalo Bill Cody and Walt Disney are the only ones that shaped the West. I, I <laughs> and Norman Rockwell and Walt Disney. That's that's uh, anyways, uh, but yeah. Well, Ke- I, don't tweet at me. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, thank you so much for coming on today. Dude, if you if I don't know if you've done a great movie ride episode yet, but if you ever want to do a great movie ride episode, I will I will go on and I would I would love to talk to you for hours and hours about my experience on great movie ride. But I guess yeah, as, it, as a default ride at this point. But it's uh, on the slate. Awesome. Excellent. Well, dude, thank you so much. Check out all of Kevin's amazing work over at Defunct Land on YouTube. Uh, you have anything else you want to pitch or promote while, while we're here? Yeah, do you have 30 minutes? I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's so bad. I just like, uh, see, I do, I've, I've literally, I haven't been interviewed in so long. Yeah. And <laughs> you have a lot to I, say. And I, it's great. It's fascinating. And, and, I love yeah. and, but, but, I'm, but I interview people every day. And my yeah. philosophy with interviews is shut up. <laughs> That's like, you know, it's, it's like nobody's here, you know, and I just don't say anything unless I need to move the conversation along. Uh-huh. And it's just so like anxiety inducing being on the other side of that because I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm not the guest. I'm like, oh wait, no, I am the guest. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. that's probably fine this time. Take it at your own pace. Well, yeah, awesome. anyway. So apologies. But yes, youtube.com slash defunctland. Uh-huh. Uh and then twitter.com slash defunctland and anything slash defunctland, you'll probably find us. Um, we are, uh, if you're interested in Epcot or Walt Disney World, uh, we've got some amazing Epcot content heading up. And also I should give a quick pitch, uh, while I have you hostage, uh, for, uh, my defunct TV spinoff series, which we cover uh, as passionate as I am about theme parks. I'm almost just as passionate, if not more about, uh, public television and even cable television directed at children and how that has also shaped us as people. We've done uh, videos on all sorts of different things. So if, also check out our side series. You know, if, whether you're a <laughs> '90s kid or an '80s kid or a '70s kid, I think we have something uh, for everybody. And and uh, just talking about uh, talking about culture and uh, kids media, I guess. So uh, <laughs> YouTube.com/slash Defunctland. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, Kevin. Thank you so much for joining us here on Annual Pass. I really appreciate it, and uh, we'll love to have it back on in the future. I'm sure uh, you might have a few more things to say. I bet. 
Yeah, no, I think I'm. I think I'm. I'm just gonna like black out now. <laughs> but uh, but I, I appreciate it. You know, but yeah, please have me on again and and have me. You know, if you if you want to have me on and have me not talk about myself, I'll be more focused. I promise. Okay. All right. All we'll, the, we'll bring all you on for a specific attraction about what inspires me. It gets me all all giddy inside. Um, <laughs> but I appreciate it. Awesome. Well, you have yourself a good day, sir, and congratulations on your success. Oh, uh, thank you so much. All right. Take care. Jeff, I feel like uh, we we had to stop, but I feel like we could have kept going for a yeah, long, yeah. long time. He uh, he had a lot of really fascinating stuff to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Just even there at the end, where he's like, "Oh yeah, Walt Disney has shaped the the, the minds and brains." It's like what you think about space is is probably because of Walt Disney. What you think about the Old West is probably because of Walt Disney. It's like it's do it. How do you end with that? Like that. I is, know it's one of those conversations that now I'm gonna be like, it's gonna be in the back of my head, itching at me for weeks. Yeah. So yeah. we'll have to get him back on at some point in the future, and uh, I hope. Talk so, more about so. that stuff. So, again, thank you very much to uh, Kevin Perger for joining us. Uh, go check him out, youtube.com slash defunctland. Go watch the fast pass slash line video. I mean, it's 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 an hour and a half, but it is riveting. It's about lines, and he somehow made it sexy. It's 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 <laughs> awesome. It's it's so good. Uh, go check it out, Jeff. Hopefully, by the by the time this has come out, you have uh, you've watched it. Obviously. <laughs> so, uh, because that interview did run long, I'm not going to do a Q and A uh, during this episode. So we'll save that for later. Uh, but I will ask you, the audience, a question. So again, like we do every single week, I ask a question of uh, of you, and uh, you know what you what you think about. You know, like I love reading comments, you know, and everything. But I ask you a question, you answer in the comments over on Rooster Teeth, and I'm going to randomly select someone and send an autograph park map to. So my question for you this feels appropriate for this is what defunct attraction would you like to see a documentary made about like I like what would you what would you like to do a deep dive into on something that no longer exists I, I'm currently really interested in uh, the way you said documentary a second ago yeah how yeah. did I say it I it was like documentary <laughs> <laughs> dude, so I, would, I wouldn't mind, if, I wouldn't mind if he did a deep dive on that. Uh, <laughs> dude, I would love to see uh, uh, a, a documentary about, or it's like a really like documentary. A, a deep dive into Great Movie Ride. Yeah. Which, which, I mean, a lot. there's a lot of history and stuff, but I would love to talk to the Imagineers, the designers, people who worked on that, just because I that's my favorite attraction of all time. And I, I mean, I work there. I'm very biased for it, but I'd love to see some really, really cool stuff about that. So. I would love to talk about it, too. So anyway, let us know what you would like to see in the comments over at Rooster Teeth or just leave us a nice message. You know, it's it's always good. I love I go through and I read them all. So thank you very much. And uh, the more comments you put in there, the more it looks like, you know, people listen to the show, which is good. (laughs) So (laughs) please uh, let us know. Let us know. Please spread the word as well, because podcasts live and die based on word of mouth. And so it's very important that you spread the word. It could not be more true for this company and through the history of our company, Rooster Teeth and all of its subsidiary properties uh, in this big familial umbrella that we have, uh, exists really solely because of, since day one, word of mouth. Yeah, the community. This this entire business was built off of the community and word of mouth. Yeah. So I think it's impossible to overstate the importance. Yeah. And so thank you very much again. I mean, our passholder community has been great. We really, really do appreciate it. It's been fun. Like, because of that, it's the reason why we can do, like, video content as Mm -hmm. well now. So it's all because of you guys. So, again, the video content, youtube.com slash annual pass. Go check us out over there. Give us a a subscription as well. You know, feel free to spread the word. And my my goal is to start popping up in, like, you know, related videos for Defunct Land. Like, if you watch one of his videos, maybe we pop up over there. And, you know, uh, who knows? Maybe someday we'll make it happen. So that'll do it for today. Thank you very much, everyone. Again, thank you very much to Kevin for joining us uh, for this episode. It was great. It was a fantastic guest. Hopefully, you guys, you dug this. A little bit different episode. A little bit more kind of a high, you know, highbrow kind of episode. You liked it. You dug it. (laughs) But let us know in the comments. Uh, That's going to do it for us today. We love you guys. Please take care of yourself. Stay safe. And we'll see you very soon. Bye. Bye.